0: Well, good morning, Victory Midtown. How y'all doing this morning? Listen, Pastor Tad, he already welcomed all our first-time guests in the room and those watching online with us. But I want to welcome in this service all of our 9 o'clock people. In <laughs> this service, we we, we were in a 9 o'clock service, and it was like, okay, some people said that daylight saving times got me this morning. But I believe today we're gonna have a great time. I think y'all had time to wake up. We ready to rock and roll this morning? All right, all right. What's well, a great day here at Victory, and we're excited that God speaks to us during this time, and we are in week two of our Hearing God series. And what I'm excited about with this Hearing God series is that this is an emancipating greatness series. I think every, every series we do this year will be an emancipating greatness series, because what that means and what we've been talking about is that we are continually reminding ourselves that we were made for something great. And I don't just want to know that. I want you to know it. So can you say that with me? Can you say, I was made for something great. Say it one more time. I was made for something great. Now, what's important about understanding that we were made for something great is that when you are made in God's image, it actually yields benefits. And one of the benefits that we get being made in the image of God and being those who are believers is that God is always speaking. But just because God is always speaking doesn't mean we're always hearing. And so what we want to do is we're going through this time to really talk about the different ways that we hear from God, that we actually are receivers of that which he's saying. And I get this question often, especially as a pastor, you get people asking you, well, you know, well, Mo, how do I hear from God? You know, I just gave my life to Christ. I'm really trying to live, after, live with God. I'm trying to do the right thing. How do I hear from God? And there's one principle that I want us to start with if we're going to get the fact that God is speaking and we can hear Him, is this. It's in your notes. If you're following with us, you can follow by UVersion, uh, go to the U-Version Bible app, click more, click Events and hit Victory Midtown, and we're actually under the tab that says, "Hearing Together." Hearing Together." This statement that I want to make that's at the top of that note is this: Hearing God starts with believing that He speaks. Hearing God starts with believing that He actually speaks. While that might sound super simple, the reason I'm saying that is because this is not an Old Testament thing. This is not even just a New Testament thing. This is for right now. This is for you, this is for me to understand that God is always speaking and that he wants us to hear him. And so we're going to start off by reading this scripture that is somewhat familiar, but it gives us an understanding and a foundation for building on this fact that we are going to hear God. In John chapter 10, verse 3, it says, this is Jesus talking about the shepherd, about God. He says this, to him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers." Now, the reason why that scripture is important, because here it is, we need to make sure we're focused on this, is that God wants to lead us through this life that we're living by speaking directly to us. Whether it's through the word of God, whether it's through someone speaking over the platform, whether it's different things by inspiration, he wants us to hear from him. And so we're going to take this journey, and I'm going to share today what I believe is one of the most important ways that we have to understand that God wants to speak to us. But before I jump right into that, I want to ask you a question. And the question is this. Do you know what today is? It's an anniversary. Anniversary. I love the 11 o'clock service. Y'all are like, I'm going to sing with you. I'm going to go all the way with you. Well, listen, it's not quite an anniversary. It's almost an anniversary. Today marks 364 days from last year when this was the first Sunday that we didn't gather together because of COVID-19. A whole year. Has gone by. Why did I bring it up? I didn't bring it up just because I wanted to take you back to your old days. I brought it up because something shifted when we stopped gathering together. Not just the church, but all over our lives, you know, there are different rhythms that were disrupted when we stopped gathering. But what is important is that there was something that happened in the body of Christ. A lot of Christians, a lot of studies are saying that a lot of people went into depression. They actually fell into old habits. They were kind of recluse and not really able to be productive as God has made them to be. And what I know is that's not just a societal thing. It is something very evident for the church. Because here it is. The fact that happened is that we stopped being able to come together to really receive a corporate word to the body of Christ. Now, you may be saying, well, you know, Mo, y'all still stream services. You still preached online. I still was able to do my devotion. All of that is true, but there is something that happens when you can come in a room, when you can lift your hands and hear other voices, when you can feel someone actually getting rebuked just like you're getting rebuked when the word comes, when you understand that there is power in gathering and coming together as a body of Christ. We don't want to lose this. And so as you showed up here today, I believe that there is something very special that God wants to speak to us, that he wants to make sure we understand the very nature of why we gather together. So here it is. There are two main categories in which God speaks to us. Number one, individually, and number two, corporately. Individually and corporately. Corporately. Now, I have this opportunity many times to share with people that kind of come into the faith as a new believer, and they say, well, I've been trying to study the Bible. I've been trying to figure it out. You know, thank you for the soap exercise that we were able to do even last week. But how do I actually study the Word and hear from God on a regular basis? And this is the advice that I give everybody, especially when people are first trying to get on track with the things of the Word of God. I say this, I believe God always speaks individually and corporally, so we always should be in our Bible study individually and corporately. That's why we actually promote the YouVersion Bible app. That's why we want you to actually take that as a tool, because individually when God is speaking to you, you have the resource to be able to even put in a keyword to search a subject matter, an area you want to grow in, something that you want to get a Bible plan so that you can actually grow in the things of God. But in the corporate fashion, what I always encourage people to do is that it's important to be around a body of believers and to be a part of a body of believers, because what happens is that there's a preached word with direction for your life that you're getting as a corporate body of believers. And what happens is that too many times, we actually think that we can just do it on our own. But as we're talking about this corporate gathering and hearing God together, that's what we're talking about today, hearing together. Because if we don't understand this, what we'll do is we'll forsake the assembly. We'll give away our benefits package. We'll make sure that you know the the devil, his whole ploy is to isolate you. The devil doesn't want you to get around other believers because he knows there's power in numbers. But when we get together, here it is, I wanna make this very clear. Individually, when we hear the word of God individually, God speaks to us and he is building something in me. As an individual, when God is speaking to you, He is building something in you. That's where the fruit of the Spirit is actually grown. That's where you're growing in your personal guidance. That's where you're growing in your personal calling, where you're growing even in your personal fellowship and growing in this area that we don't talk about a lot in our sanctification. Our sanctification is a process that we go through. When you give your life to Christ, you're saved immediately. You get salvation immediately. But sanctification is a process where you're lining up with the Word of God, where you're starting to say, God, I want to reflect what your Word says, and I want to be that light bearer in the earth. But when you shift from individually hearing from God, you hear him corporately in a gathering like this. And when that happens, God desires to build something through you. So individually, he's building something in us, but corporately, he's trying to build something through you. And what it means for him to build something through us is that he's trying to get something inside of you, out of you, in a body of believers together. Amen? So as we talk through this, I want us to understand, God desires that his, by his body that we walk in unity, that he gives us encouragement, that he allows us to walk in power, but it's not just supposed to stay in the four walls of the church. I have an announcement brought to you by Jesus Christ that it was never God's desire for us to come on a Sunday morning and just simply light up lights. What do I mean by that? We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. God's desire is not for us to come and get a nice sermon and just to say, hey, I know you're blessed and highly favored. Let's just keep it right here in the four walls. He desires for us to grab something that we get as a corporate word, to take it in. Pastor Johnson said last week, when you get a word, you don't just give it back out. When we get the word, we hide it in our hearts. And then we go out and give it out to the rest of the community. But so many churches, they're only appealing to people who look like they're holier than thou. Who look like they have it all together. Who, who fit the demographic even. Who are the people that you can say, I can build a nice church with these people. But God is saying, I ask you to come together in a corporate gathering because iron sharpens iron. And when you see other people that don't look like you, when you're able to walk and actually be challenged by the word with other people, that's when you have fruit that you can walk out. So as we're looking at this, I want us to understand that there is an urgency that God has for us to come together. And the scriptures tell us in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. Let me just pause right there. There are a lot of people who are already on the brink, who are already kind of on the fence, that when COVID 19 happened, they made it a habit to stop drawing together. Some of us in this room, we're just kind of getting back in that rhythm of being able to come back to church and be around the believers because if we're honest, it's easier to do church at home. You don't have to put on a mask, you don't have to register. You don't even have to put on clothes that match. But when we come together, there is something unique and something powerful that happens. It goes on to say, in fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. What I simply want to say is that if there's ever been a time for us not to draw back from being together, it's right now. Because while things are opening up, while things are changing, while things are shifting and some regulations are getting loosened and people are starting to get back in the flow of things, it's not about us just coming together so that we can have an event. It's about us coming together so that when we come in here, we pray this every morning in corporate prayer on Sunday mornings. When we come in here, we want to come in one way, but we want to make sure that we leave in a transformed way. And I just believe that we have some people in the room that you didn't not hit the snooze button today, to come in and just operate in the same way. So as we're receiving this, let's open our hearts and open our minds to what God is saying, because there is a place, there's a measure, there's some things that only can be attained if we do this together. So as we look at this, I want to remind us of a statement that I made in the very first uh, Sunday of the year. Some of you probably can rehearse it verbatim, because I've been saying it a lot. And what I said in the first Sunday of the year was this. I believe the Lord really spoke this to me. He said to me to share with you that this is not the time for Lone Ranger Christianity. This is not the time for Lone Ranger Christianity, meaning it is not okay for you just to be by yourself right now. Because what happens is that we have so many christians suffering in silence because we won't open ourselves up with transparency to see what god is saying to us even through somebody else and what i followed that statement up by is saying this this is the year this is the time that we're going to leave no man no woman left behind because as we see people trying to take steps we're, none of us are perfect none of us have it all together But if we can see somebody struggling in an area, you actually might have the key to somebody else's deliverance because you've already walked through it. But if you don't come together, what you'll do is we'll leave people fending for themselves, being thrown to the wolves when God is saying, hey, I called you to be together. I called you to be the ecclesia, the called out. I called you to be the kononia, the set apart ones. God wants us to be together. Somebody say together. So when I'm thinking about this, I want to make sure we know this, that Hillary Clinton, she wasn't unique when she said in 2016, we're stronger together. She didn't originate that statement. This is a statement that God actually made before the foundations of the earth when he set the earth in motion, saying it is not good for us to be alone. And so if we understand this and don't just look at it as a cliche, we'll get so much strength in it because we are stronger together. When we hear the word together, we are stronger in it. So here it is. I want to read this scripture from Ephesians. And I really want you to make sure you take a screenshot and actually save your notes, especially if you're following by version, because this scripture is kind of long, but it has so many nuggets in it. It has so many things that literally throughout the week you can go back and say, how am I doing there? How am I walking through it in this fashion? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it talks about all the different pieces of the body. It says this. And he has appointed some with grace to be apostles, and some with grace to be prophets, and some with grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some with grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry, and as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. I have a statement for somebody even watching by live stream, we want you to be with us when you can be with us because there is something that you might even be missing and that we're missing out on because you're not here with us if you have the ability to be with us As it goes on it says this these grace ministries will function until we all attain oneness into the faith and it's talking about unity right there It says until we all somebody say we all until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God, and finally we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity, and fully developed into the abundance of Christ. Here's the part we need to hone into. And then our immaturity will end. And we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by the false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. What the scripture is saying right there before I go on is that when we come together and we are operating in the safety of counsel, we won't be out there just by ourselves being to the whims of life. God desires to put you in safety with other believers, but we have to make sure we take our place. It goes on to say, but instead we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we expect the truth, express the truth. All of our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him, the anointed head of his body, the church. For his body, he's talking about us, has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member, he's talking about you and I, has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all, last line here. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. If you ever thought that you were inconsequential, if you ever thought you didn't matter, if you ever thought nobody would miss you, I'm coming to tell you that's a lie from the enemy. Because what this scripture right here is telling us is that we need you. This scripture right here is saying, you bring something to the table that I don't have and I have something that you don't have, but when we come together, we're able to operate in maturity and we're not left by ourselves. Many of you know this. The scripture affirms it. If you even look at sports, it's March Madness. It's basketball happening. And all throughout this year, you've seen highlights of different individuals who are really good by themselves. ESPN does features on them. They're doing very well. They get all the individual awards. But most of the time, the teams that actually win the championship are not the teams that just have one or two elite players that are individuals. Most of the time, whether it's in basketball, football, or any team sport, what happens is that the only time somebody comes into the championship fulfillment is when every single person learns its own special part. I'm here to tell you that God wants us as believers to win the championship of life. I'm here to let you know that he is, it's not okay for you just to get the awards by yourself. I'm here to let you know that you might be talented, but you go even farther when you're able to bring your talent with somebody else's talent for the glory of God. Somebody say amen to that. So when we look at this, here it is. This only happens when we get instruction that we're able to move forward corporately, together, in unison. So there are two important things to consider concerning hearing God in corporate settings. And the corporate gathering gives us the opportunity to, number one, to hear the word together. To hear the word together. Now, some of y'all might be like, okay, I I came to church to hear you say I need to hear the word. That's why I'm here. But I want to go a little further. See, there's a difference between hearing and listening. A lot of us listen to a lot of things. A lot of us have things going on in the airwaves. But when we really understand the difference of the words, hearing is defined as the process, the function, or the power of perceiving sound, specifically the special sense by which noises and tones are received, watch this, as a stimuli. That's very important. Received and perceived as a stimuli, causes for action. While listening, on the other hand, means to pay attention to a sound, means to hear something with thoughtful attention and to give consideration, meaning, when you listen to something, you can hear it, you pay attention to it, but does it actually spur you to action? Does it do something? And so when we think about this, I wanted to make this very clear. When we hear, you are stimulated to act on what is presented, while when you listen, you acknowledge the sound and you might just keep it it going. Now what I love about being a part of a church with so many different races, with so many different backgrounds, is that sometimes you can tell quickly when you're talking about something, or oh, that was just a cultural thing. Or you can tell what's a universal thing. And I'm about to test this theory out right now. I remember when I was a kid and I would play video games and I would get very enthralled in it and my head would be down and I would stay very focused on that. And in those moments, a lot of times what would happen is that my parents, my mom and my dad, they would come and they would call my name and they would say, Andrew. They didn't call me Mo. They said, Andrew, I want you to come take out this trash. I need you to come do this thing. And I would kind of say, all right, but I would keep playing. And so I listened to them, I heard them, and I was like, okay, I'll I'll consider that in a minute, but I'm focused on this right now. And then what would happen, which is I believe is the only reason why God made middle names for your parents to call it out. My mom and my dad would say with a firm voice, Andrew Levelle Momin Jr., did you hear me? And in that moment, I moved and I acted like I heard them because I was spurred to action. I believe that all of us are in a place that we've been listening to some things, we've been allowing it to come, but God is challenging us to move from listening to actually hearing. Because what he's saying to you is that I know there's a lot of distractions coming. I know there's a lot of things trying to get your attention, but I'm trying to bring a corporate word. I'm trying to point you in a direction, but I need you to hear me. I need you to move when I say move because your life literally can be dependent on it. That's a word for somebody in this room. You come to church and sometimes we think that we're just going to hear a sermon, but God is saying every time you enter into the gates, every time you come on this property, I want you to perk your ears up because I'm giving corporate instruction for your life. So as we look at this, here's the thing. When we understand that we hear something and we move with it, we then are able to move forward with true hearing. So we're going to give you an acronym, an acrostic today to, to remember what it means to hear. The first letter in the word here is H, and it's going to stand for heed. Heed, H-E-E-D, heed. In Greek, is shama. It means to hear intelligently and often with the implication of attention and obedience. Mark chapter 4 says this in verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him what? Then he said to them, take heed what what you what? What it's saying right there is be spiritually perceptive. Don't just listen, but be spiritually perceptive. It says, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. To you who hear, more will be given. To you who hear, more will be given. This is not a prosperity message. This is an obedience message. To you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away. The reason I stopped right there and I paused and said this is not a prosperity message, it's an obedience message, because some of us have been saying, Lord, I want to hear from you. Lord, you're not speaking to me. And God is saying right back to you, have you listened to the last thing I told you to do? I gave you some simple instructions at the beginning of this year. You started off well, but now we're in March, and we're kind of falling back into the same things. Did you listen to the last thing that I gave you? Because if you listen to the last thing that I gave you, now that will build onto the next thing. And so as we're listening to this, we want to make sure that we understand the reason why we come into this gathering together is because it builds our faith. The Bible says in Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And there are two ways that even as the the Lord is speaking to you in faith and speaking the word of God, two distinct ways. Number one is the logos or the logos. It's the written word of God. While the second way is the rhema word of God. The rhema word of God, really known as the prophetic word of God, the spoken word of God, the instantaneous right now time word for your life. And one of the great things about being in a corporate body of believers is that there are certain things that are only spoken when you're in the community of other people. Let me tell you, there are many times that I write messages out that I'm studying, and about 35% of what I say on a Sunday morning is not on my paper. It's not on my iPad. Because what happens is that God says, as you prepare and as you know the foundation that I want you to build in, there are some rhema things for the people who are going to show up in that room. If you've ever attended more than one service here at Victory Midtown, usually every service is different. Because of what? The community of people who have gathered in that individual service. And so I'm here to tell you, I didn't come to give you a microwave warmed over word today. There are things that because you showed up and gave your yes, God is saying, I'm responding with my yes. Because you showed up and said, no, I'm not going to hit the snooze button. God is saying, come here, those who are heavy laden, I want to give you this rest, and I want to give you this word that I have for you. So as we grab that, it's like God has a dual authentication. There are some things that are only unlocked because you decided to show up with other people. And that leads to after we heed the word, we have to engage in the word. We have to engage in the word. What does engaging in the word mean? It means this, hear the word for yourself. Don't hear it for somebody else. How many times have you been sitting in the service and you're like, man, this is good. I wish so-and-so would have heard this. <laughs> now, that's good to be an evangelist. That's good to make sure you share the word so everybody else gets what you get. But sometimes we forget to eat the word before we pass the word. And when we engage the word, what God is saying here, this bud is for you. This is not to go over your head. I'm speaking right to you. So engaging in the word, here's a question that we all need to ask ourselves. Write this down. It's not in your notes. Ask yourself this anytime you hear a preached word. What is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? How is he challenging me? What do I need to change? Not my husband, not my wife, not my significant other, not my son, not my daughter. We all can speak on how we can fix everybody else, but God is saying, I want to fix you. Engage in the word, which leads us to this. We have to align with the word. Align with the word. Here's a a dirty word these days. You have to remain teachable. Remain teachable. We have so many people who are self-help experts and haven't been through anything. You got people that become life coaches after living two years. And what God wants us to do, one of the reasons why we come in a corporate gathering like this, it's not about me or the pastor or the preacher knowing everything, but there are some proven things that we're presenting and saying, hey, this is a model. And when we follow this model, let the Lord actually let you judge it by the word and you walk with it. So when we remain teachable, this this actually shifts and changes our priorities our choices, it allows us to align with the Word of God and operate in obedience. And here's a a very important point of that. It's not about what you feel. I know it's tight, but it's right. Those watching on stream, put that in the chat. It's not about what I feel. Because when you actually align with the Word of God, a lot of times you're going to have to move in some ways that actually take you outside of your comfort zone. To align with the word means that there is something out of place. I say this statement often. A crooked stick only knows it's crooked when a a straight stick shows up. Let me say that again if it went over your head. A crooked stick only knows it's crooked when a straight stick shows up because there's a standard now that I can actually model after. But if everybody's crooked, we're all walking in a way that's crooked. And so as we align with this, the Bible says this in 1 Samuel 15 verse 22 but Samuel replied what is more pleasing to the lord your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice listen obedience is better than sacrifice and submission is better than offering than the offering of fat of rams here it is when i was listening to this and the lord kind of just gave me this example what happens a lot of times is when we just try to sacrifice and we say, I'm going to make it harder. God, for some of us, has not actually told you to make life as hard as it is. But we've decided to go our way. What we do is we kind of play hopscotch with the word of God. You know, you know when, when someone's preaching, you know, they say, Get, you, know, you want favor? Yes, I'll jump into that. You want blessings? Yes, I'll jump into that. You want peace? Yes, I'll jump into that. You want a tithe? You know you're not supposed to be living with that man or that woman and you're not married yet, but uh, oh, I'm not going to jump into that. What we've been doing, if we're honest, we've been kind of playing hopscotch with the Word of God, trying to pick what we want to pick. And God is saying, no, you just need to go and listen to my voice and be obedient. Because here's the thing, the danger in trying to figure things out yourself is that a lot of times we will misinterpret our emotions for the voice of God. Based on our bent, based on our proclivities, based on how we're built up, based on the models that we even have seen in our family, we will start to justify certain things that are not in the Word of God, and we will call them God when it's really your flesh. But what happens is that you can only measure what's really God when you actually have it tested around other people. Can I say it again? You are only able to measure what's really God when you're able to test it around other people. What do I mean? You can say all day that I'm reading devotions about being patient until somebody cuts you off in the parking lot. You can say all day that I'm free from lust until she's looking kind of good right there. You can say all day that, that I'm healed until somebody actually comes to you and tests that thing that you say you're healed in. And so that's why we have to come together because it is the measure of what we say we believe. The last thing that we need to understand when it comes to that acronym of here is the R stands for rest. Rest, contrary to popular belief, This is not religion. We're not trying to say you have to strive and do all these things to try to fit in the right box and try to do all the right things. Yes, we have a standard that we need to follow, but we're not trying to strive at it. The Bible says rest in it. Hear the word. Receive it. Get around other believers and hear and rest in the word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, the message paraphrase really shares it really well. It says this, are you tired? Worn out? Somebody say yes and Yes. Burn out on a religion? Triple yes. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Walk with me. I didn't say walk by yourself, walk with me. If you believe that you're made in the image of God and you believe others are made in the image of God, find some people in your local assembly that you can walk with. Find that rest. Be challenged by that rest. Be encouraged by that rest. So we must heed, we must engage, we must align, and we must rest in his word. And the second thing that I want to give us today that the corporate gathering gives us an opportunity to do is to first hear the word but then to live the word together. We hear the word together first, and then we are to live the word out together. Here it is. I said it earlier. True hearing stimulates action. So if we're not moving in certain things that have been preached over and over and over again, again, ask ourselves the question, did I really hear that? I love this scripture in John 1. In the first few verses of John 1, uh, you hear this in Bible school or in, in even in Sunday school. The word... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But what happens is that a few verses later, down in verse 14, here's something that all of us can grab and model after. It says this, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Let's follow this Word real quick. If we are made in the image of God, and we are, if Jesus is God, and he is, and if we are as he is in this world, as the Bible says, when people see us and when we hear the word, it should stimulate our obedience. But when we hear that and we get stimulated in our obedience, it should not stop there. What happens is that God desires for the preached word that you hear to become flesh and then for you to move out into the neighborhood in which you are operating in. And for some of us, what we've been doing is we've been keeping ourselves in unrestricted or restricted isolation. We've been staying back, hearing the word, eating it, eating it, eating it. And then we keep it to ourselves and we want to be holy. But God says the proving of your holiness is when you get it out in the neighborhood. When you get a word from God and you're not afraid to pray at the lunch table at work. When you get a word from God of obedience and now you're able to live this thing out so that you're able to be an influencer, not with a blue check on your name on Instagram, but but an influencer for the things of God so that life can be changed. So as we look at this, here it is. The Holy Spirit in you becomes the way other people can hear God through you. As we receive the word, his goodness, his love, his care, his truth wants to come out of you. In 2 Corinthians 3, it says it like this in verse 2. You are are an epistle written in our hearts. It means you are a letter known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is of the heart. So here it is. Every time you hear a message in this corporate setting, We are to go and say, how can somebody read this word through me? As a matter of fact, I need you to lean in on this one right here. I hadn't been getting this service to lean in in a while. If you're new here, just lean in all the way because I need to tell you something very important. I want to ask this question. If people were watching you and they could only read your life, would they even notice that you've ever read a Bible? That's a question for all of us. If people couldn't look at the Bible, look at Christian TV, but they only could read your life, would they even know that you were a Christian? Would they even know that you read the Word? Would they even know that you came to church? Or would they say, oh, yeah, they talk that good spiritual stuff, but when they get into a bind, they do what they feel? You can lean back. God is challenging us, and that's why he brings us in environments like this, not to simply be rebuked, See, rebuke is for correction. It's to realign. But some people have abused that, which has driven people away from the church. But we need a balance of rebuke, correction, and realignment walking together. And we have this opportunity to do this as we stand together. Paul Gilbert said it like this. You are writing a gospel, a chapter a day, by the deeds that you do, by the words that you say. Men, read what you write whether faithless or true, say, what is the gospel according to you? There are literally people waiting on you to bring what you received here into the place where you're in their neighborhood. If we're honest in here, it took some of us a long time to get in the way, to start coming to church on any regular basis. And for some of us, regular basis is once a month. But what he's saying to us is that will you allow my word to transform you so that when people read you, they can actually interpret what I've said to and through you. I believe as we're walking through this, if, if we are going to be people that allow God to actually transform our lives, we have to be those people who continue to be emancipated as God says he wants to emancipate us. James 1:22 says it like this. Verse 22, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live it out, the message that you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word but then you go out and forget your divine origin. You go out and forget your imago Dei, the image of God. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting way of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it, here it is, and they experience God's blessings in all they do. My whole challenge today is not just to say, just come to church. The whole crux of this message is to say, hey, we hear from God individually. Yes, we do. But there's something powerful when we come together to hear to God as a corporate body of believers so that now we can do more. We can go faster. We can be stronger. And we don't have to do this thing by ourselves. So the corporate gathering, it does this. We are to hear the word. We are to live the word. And it matters because as Jesus is the head of the body, we get to actually change what the world looks like by showing them what he has written. I want to take a moment because the bigger thing about all of this is less about coming on a Sunday morning. The bigger thing about this is that we want to really see something change in our world. How many people want to see something change in our world? So, in this next moment, even as we were kind of in corporate prayer this morning, there was something that we we just kind of started to sing. And I believe this word of the Lord in song form is what's going to carry us out because as we know something's changing in the spirit. Something's changing. Can I feel it? We want heaven to come down, but heaven can only come down if you carry heaven out of here. So I want to do something. Can we stand to our feet for a moment? I'm going to pray in a moment, but I want us to just to lift that song up. And I want us to lift it up in a way of a different way of receiving it. As we sing this song, I want you start to start to think, how can I carry the preached word out into my neighborhood? How can I carry what I hear on a Sunday or when I listen back to it on a podcast or when I share it with somebody? How can I take that to make sure that something is really happening? And I believe as we sing this song and as we worship together just for a moment, that God is going to give some of us witty ideas. He's going to start to challenge you and say, hey, yeah, you've been a little too quiet in this environment. You've been not operating in your character. But this is the time to allow heaven to flow through you. So let's lift that up all over the room. Let's just open ourselves up. You can lift your hands if you want to keep your hands down. Whatever you need to do right now, those watching by live stream, however you need to receive this right now, let's just open ourselves up to let the Lord show us how we're to take this out into our neighborhood.